now, Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome to guys at a mic show, talkzone.com. Beautiful midweek Wednesday here, day after the All-Star game. We'll definitely talk a little All-Star baseball here on the show. It's the coach flying solo today. We got a text message from the big dog about a half an hour ago. No voice. I said, that's no excuse. Come on, you can still do radio without a voice. But the big dog uh, under the weather, he is out today. So it's coach flying solo the co-pilot seat is open for you. All you got to do is dial it up at 888-463-6748. We'll get you on the air, talk some sports and more here on the Two Guys at a Mic Show. A little bit of music, and then we will kick off in the 35-yard line. mention that uh, even though it is the abyss, the deep, deep abyss of the summer right now, we are right smack in the heart, the volcanic dip of the summer right now, a beautiful July 11th. We are going to have a little uh, football bit today, Pigskin Boy, Charlie Colbert's going to be calling up not that long until training camp, so we're going to take a sneak peek at the days ahead, talk some all-star baseball. Also tonight, is the uh, ESPY Awards. And i got to tell you, Dave, driving in, you know, a little depressed. The big dog's not going to be here. Uh, by the way, I want to thank Mark Carmen. It's great to see him, one of our old co-hosts, um, longtime friend of the program, was in Kansas City, is now in limbo. I think Mark Carmen, and was he, 38 years old, so 18 years in the working world. I think he's he's been in limbo about 13 of the 18. He's a longtime limbo guy. But I will tell you, he does limbo. Probably as good as anybody I know. I mean, Joel struggles with limbo, between you know, in limbo between Jeff. Mark, you know, he could ace the test on being in limbo. If you could make money, maybe you could be like a consultant to write a book, My Life in Limbo, <laughs> by Mark Carmen. I'll write the forward. No, no, I'm sorry. Any book that people want me to write for, I write the backward, not the forward. I don't want to write at the start. I want to make the lasting impression. Speaking. Speaking of lasting impressions, and David, I hope you have heard this in the past, but uh, amongst the many little titillating tidbits and news and notes we put together for the show, program research, folks, seven hard minutes each and every day here are the two guys in a mic show. The ESPY Awards are tonight. Now, the ESPY Awards, uh, eh, I don't think I've ever watched them start to finish. You know, maybe tune in for a brief moment in time, but I did hear... On the radio this morning, I started to say driving into the show, I was a little down, a little depressed, you know, no big dog, etc. But I heard they replayed the speech of Jimmy Valvano. At, I don't think it was the original SB Awards, but it was one of the early ones. And, uh, David, you've heard that speech, right? Yes. Okay. And I, I've heard it probably, you know, the 15th time. And that has to go down. I could throw this out as a daily quandary. Great speeches that you've ever heard that I'm not talking about in person.
but great speeches that you've heard, you know, via video, via the radio, via some kind of verbal sense. Martin Luther King, I've heard, you know, a number of his speeches, never in person, unfortunately, but I mean, you know, just unbelievable. But I will tell you what, the Jimmy Valbono speech, and hopefully most of the folks out there know exactly what I'm talking about. If you haven't heard it for a while, you know, I'm sure it's right up there on YouTube. If you've never heard it, absolutely put that on your list for today. Put that on your list. And I, I, I'm a huge note taker, huge note taker. Let me throw the phone number out again. If you have uh, comments, thoughts, you want to join me here again, Big Dog out today, Coach Flying Solo, 888-463-6748. Pigskin Boy going to be joining me, talk a little football a little bit. David Olson, producer extraordinaire, father in waiting uh, on the other side of the glass. Uh, so I do take notes, and, and on my notes, I put down, have kids listen to that speech. Because, you know, it's what a parent's supposed to do. Try to educate your kids a little bit. Not just let life pass them by, but you got to pass on a little education. They'll probably resist a little bit, but i got to believe even the youth of America could be inspired by that speech. Outstanding. And again, it's about the 15th time I've heard that sucker. And I was listening on the car radio, so I didn't even see the, the verbal or the uh, pictorial look of a Jimmy Valvano. And they're trying to raise money now for the Jimmy V Foundation. I think they do it on, on uh, ESPN Radio once a year. Very, very worthwhile undertaking. Both the special day and the whole Jimmy V Foundation is legit. Yes, David. And what I'm going to do is um, I'm going to find the audio of that speech, and I'm going to put it on our Facebook page. It's awesome. It's outstanding. And it was from the 1993 yeah. SP Awards. Yeah, we got it. We got it. 1993. Wow. So he's been gone almost 20 years. And he died two months after that speech. Don't ever give up. Don't ever, ever give up. One of my favorite parts about that speech, too, is how he's given the uh, the timing guy a hard time. You know, you're only supposed to have a, He tells the guy right up front, you know, you can put those cards down right now. Because this speech is going to last a little bit longer than I'm allowed to. And then I guess they started flashing 30 seconds, 30 seconds, left, you know, and he's like halfway through his speech, and he makes note of the card. Here's the guy flashing the cards at me, or the electronic screen, telling me 30 seconds left. He goes, uh, I got tumors all over my body. I don't know how many days I got left. Like, I'm worried about 30 seconds left in the speech. It was kind of cute the way he uh, humored that through. But what a great message. What a great, great message. And, David, part of it, a significant part of it, he talks about, uh, you know, the three things, and it's just a great reminder, the three things that you should do every day. And the first one, he says, is laugh. Remember to laugh. And then he says, and remember your religion, or, or no, not religion, uh, take time to think. Take time to think. So take time to laugh. Take time to think. And then he said, you should get so emotional at some point during each and every day, or at least have as a goal, that you cry. And obviously I'm not saying it with the passion or the eloquency. Is eloquency a word? It is now. Of a Jimmy Valvano. But what a great message. Each and every day. And I know, you know, it's, maybe it's not realistic every single day, but the message behind it, the thought process he's behind it, so strong. Laugh each and every day. Think. How many times do we just sit back and stop and think and analyze, philosophize, 
and then to be driven to emotion so much every day that you cry. That's that's living life. It's a great reminder. Great reminder. Again, I was driving into the show today, a little, you know, feeling a little vanilla, no big dog today. How are we going to get pumped up for the show? And that baby got me pumped. Normally it's the coffee and the strong caffeine. Hold on, i got to take a sip here. Normally I do that when Joel's speaking. Ah, still good coffee. Awfully good. But um, that speech, that speech got me uh, caffeinated today. Jimmy Valvano, great message. Hopefully I can keep that in the back of my mind. But really the, the gist of what he's saying is don't, and I think so many of us do, and I know I fall in this trap, don't just go through the motions of life. we got all these things we got to take care of and the housekeeping chores and this thing here and the you know my list of little things to do and stuff. And, and that stuff's important because you do got to get it done. But don't let it take the place of, in fact, don't let it take the priority over the other things, the, the things that add to the true richness of life. Laugh every day, cry every day, think every day. And you remember his story he told about his uh, first speech, too. That was a classic. <laughs> when he was the young Rutgers coach, I won't relate that, but uh, David's going to put it up on the Facebook. Already up there? Already up there. Unbelievable. Houdini. If I That's tried right, that, and I was about to go, I was going about to start bashing the ESPYS, but now I can't after that. So, yeah, you can bash. Yeah, yeah you can. I think you can bash the ESPYS and still appreciate ESPN's that. annual circle jerk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, seriously, I mean, it's. I I have Woo! such a disdain for ESPN at this point in time, and yeah. it's gotten worse and worse yeah. and worse over time. It's who else had that? Is it Joel? Joel yeah, has yeah. That Joel, disdain. Joel's pretty. Yeah, yeah. Joel won't watch ESPN anymore. I don't think. I have Dane. I don't know if I have disdain. I'm, I'm with you to a minor extent. And 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 tell me again what the. Uh, and I know we can all be annoyed at time, but what's the major complaint with the ESPN at this point? Well, ESPN can can, uh, can kind of control the flow of sports news to, to the general public. Uh, they can put focus on sports that they have the rights to, teams that they have the rights to, teams they favor, players that they favor, and tilt the entire sports media in that direction. They're that big and they're that powerful at this point in time. That's why things like the NHL playoffs end up getting completely buried in the grand scheme of things because ESPN has no affiliation with the National Hockey League yeah. anymore. So you don't want to care about that. That's why it's all NBA, NBA, NBA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a problem. That's a problem. If you are the number one sports network, number one sports media outlet, number one sports regurgitator, of, of information, you do need to uh, do a better job of treating all the sports more equally, not just the ones that are on your TV coverage. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, don't show such a bias towards the East Coast teams, which they do. Mm-hmm. Now, if we had the top executive from ESPN on the other line, how do you think he would respond to your claim? Flat out denial? Would be, there be a little admitation? It it wouldn't be a flat out denial. He would justify it, saying, "Well, the NBA is a, is a more popular sport and more important to more of the nation than NHL hockey is." Well, that's called a self fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, yeah, because they can control that. Right. Everybody's watching ESPN. You're publicizing the NBA. Of course, it's getting more popular. Oh, absolutely. You make the NHL playoffs the lead story every night on Sports Center. Mm-hmm. You watch the popularity of the sport grow. Interesting. Interesting. All right. A wonderful description of the SV Award. I won't repeat it, but uh, 
That was outstanding, David Olson. A little slightly off color, but uh, so uh, so distinct in his accurateness. <laughs> All right, so we we hit both extremes of the ESPYS, the Jimmy V speech, yes, and then the 19 the years later, yeah. You know, and, and don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I mean, back in the 1990s when they first started rolling Good with stuff. it, it was great with Norm yeah. Macdonald hosting and the monologues and everything like that. But now. Now it's exactly how I described it. Yeah. It's like ESPN has become too much of a monstrosity. Mm-hmm. It really has. And, and I think uh, if we're just talking the ESPY award, not ESPN, and again, uh, phone lines open. You want to chime in on conversation? We'd love to hear from you. 888-463-6748, the phone number here. The coach, uh, producer David Olson, two guys at a mic show. I think it goes beyond just the uh, the ESPN. It's become... All the awards. I think we're all awarded out. You know, there used to be just the Academy Awards and then the Emmy Awards. Those were the two big ones. But now there's, you know, this award, that award, MTV Awards, Soap Opera Award, the Globe Award. I mean, it's like the same famous people just giving themselves awards over and over again. So I think part of of it is not just a sickness with the ESPYs and ESPN, David. I think people are all awards show out. Yeah, between reality series and award shows and interior decorating shows, I think all three of them need to be blasted up a little bit. Not eliminated, not eliminated, but too much. Oversaturation, I think, might be the word. At any rate, uh, there was the All-Star Baseball game. Was that on ESPN yesterday? Fox. It was on Fox. It was on Fox. No connection between Fox and ESPN? They're competitors. Ah, beautiful. The All-Star Game on Fox. We can stop talking about ESPN. Joe Buck and company bringing it to you. The National League. The National League knocking off the American League. Eight to nothing. How about that, ex-Hall of Fame announcer Mel Allen would say. It was funny, too, because we read off the starting lineups, uh, not yesterday, two days ago. Two days ago, and Joel made the comment, and, and he got out the words almost before I could say it. After reading the National League lineup, how ironic is this? Maybe they listened to us. We said that that might be the weakest starting lineup ever in an all-star game. Now, we didn't say weak. Obviously, these are great players. But if you compare it to other all-star rosters, and I don't even have the starting lineup with me. I'll see if I can get it out. But but we read it off top. To, you know, Carlos Gonzalez leading off, a Melky Cabrera, a Pablo Sandoval, you know, Joey Votto is your lead hitter. I mean, I like Joey Votto, but he's your marquee guy. I mean, that, that might be the weakest starting lineup in an all-star game ever. Ever. And, of course, <laughs> 48 hours after we say that, I'm umpire in baseball last night. I was not able to watch much of the game, but the National League goes five runs in the first inning, that very famous starting lineup that we said might have been the weakest starting lineup ever fielded in an all-star game. Five runs against one of the best pitchers in baseball, Justin Verlander. Yes, David. I've got the starting lineup here if you want it. Yeah, what do we have? Gonzalez? Uh, Carlos Gonzalez leading off. Well, I don't even know who he is. I hate from the uh, Colorado Rockies. Like I said, I don't know who yeah. he is. Uh, Melky Cabrera in the number two hole. Melky Cabrera. Uh, Ryan Braun batting third. You got Joey Votto batting cleanup. Carlos Beltran. Buster Posey. Pablo Sandoval. Dan Ugla and Rafael Fercal. Yeah, and again, good players. Good players, solid lineup, but, uh, you know, the New York Yankees starting lineup is almost as 
threatening as that. And they jump and score five runs on Verlander. Unbelievable. Well, well here's an interesting little tidbit on Verlander. Uh, you know who he's dating? No. Um, Sports he Illustrated cover model uh, Kate Upton. Wow. Oh. And he was hanging out with her all weekend long during the break. So. Kate Upton um, was hanging out literally recently in some yeah, pictorial, yeah, right? Ab- absolutely. That made its she way around much Facebook. Hangs out of everything she wears. So. <laughs> That was, I got to tell you, the pictorials that have been passed around the social media, that was that was right near the top, pardon the expression. Awfully good. So Justin Verlander and Kate, uh, what? All right, so now put your own jokes in, right? Why he gave up five runs in the first inning? There you go. What did Kate Upton give up all weekend long? <laughs> wow. Wow. Did not know that bit of gossip. And I'd like to read the gossip. I don't, is this a recent development? Yes, this is a recent development. So if you're Justin Verlander and you're single and a star pitcher for the Detroit Tigers, you could see pictures like that, say, who is that girl? i got to meet her, and next thing you know, they're going out. Interesting. Interesting. Well, let's hope Chris Sale has a stable relationship because I don't want him going out with the next floozy out there. Ruin the potential career of the great Chris Sale. By the way, Chicago White Sox Chris Sale, a pretty good performance. Sixth inning, did not give up any runs, gave up a couple of hits. He, One of the hits he gave up to was, uh, the, you know, when you're, what, 22 years old, 23 in the major leagues, and you're playing in the All-Star game, a lot of times you're playing against guys that were your idols, that you were following. I think Chris Sale talked about going to a baseball camp when he was a 10-, 11-year-old kid. And Chipper Jones was one of the instructors at the camp. You know, he was an Atlanta Brave, probably 26, 27 at the time. He was... I don't want to say boy wonder, that's a little bit extreme, but Chipper Jones was a first-round draft choice, uh, you know, a high prodigy coming in. He lived up to the billing, and he's going to retire after this year and in all likelihood retire as a Hall of Famer. Total class act, great ball player. He dated a few uh, socialites, too, Chipper Jones. Can't remember who. But he was in the gossip columns, too. But how cool is that that Chris Sale, at age 10, develops an idolization of Chipper Jones, follows his career, and 12 years later he's pitching against him in the All-Star game. you got to love that. Got to love that. Gave up a single to him, too. Maybe, you know, felt sorry for Chipper's final All-Star game. But Chris Sale got out of it, did a nice job. Melky Cabrera, your uh, MVP. I don't know if you saw the post-game ceremonies, David. I did get home to watch that. Melky Cabrera must have had like 30 people down on the on the. Uh, out on the infield with him for the interview. He had family, cousins, friends. It was like the Melky Cabrera show. And he was, pre- outside of the fact he didn't speak good English, he was very well spoken. Very well spoken. You know, if the, if the uh, what is that, the Craig Kilburn late night show? If the Craig Kilburn thing doesn't work out, and I don't think I've ever seen Craig Kilburn, maybe about a minute of it, I think the uh, Melky Cabrera show might might work out. Melky Cabrera, you're a friend of mine. Um, Pablo Sandoval, apparently, and I missed the first inning. Pablo Sandoval with the big hit. He got a triple with the bases loaded, five runs in the first inning. Absolutely unbelievable. One other quick, do we get our special guest on the line? Uh, no, I actually need to get his number from you so I can call him. Ah, why? Because the phone lines are blocked right now. Phone lines are blocked. All right, we will, we'll take a quick break in a second. Let me uh, throw this one other comment out, though. I'm driving home listening to the game, and Brian LaHare comes up to bat. 
And for those not in the Chicago area, uh, Brian Laher uh, barely made the All-Star game. It was a bit of a surprise, but he's a career minor leaguer who stuck with it, stuck with it, really good guy, got his chance, having a good first half of the season for the Cubs. Not a lot of first baseman are. Brian Laher makes the All-Star game. Here's a guy that was ready to pack it up. A lot of people told him, give up the career. He stayed with it. And now, the same year that he's brought up to the majors officially, he makes the All-Star game. So he comes up to bat. And I don't know who the color announcer was on radio, but apparently the color announcer had some material ready on Brian Lahare. You could tell. So Brian Lahare comes to bat, and he, and he starts talking about uh, Brian Lahare, well, uh, Jimmy, whoever the lead guy is in the announcing. Jimmy, I saw Brian Lahare last year when he came up, and we did that game. And the four bats, I'm quoting exactly what the color announcer said, or as exact as I can get. Um, the four bats that Brian LaHare had late in the season in the game we did were the best four at-bats that I saw all season long. I mean, so here's a guy, a pretty strong statement. Now, unfortunately, and I'm going to tell you the sad ending to this, but uh, that's a pretty strong statement. A guy that's been doing games all season long, talking about last year, and he sees this kid who he probably never even heard of before come up for one game, and he called him the best four at-bats. He saw all season long. So he was ready. The, the story that I just told you about Brian Lehrer, he was ready to bring that story to the national public because most people don't know about Brian Lehrer. That was the first thing he said. He hadn't gone into the whole career minor leaguer thing, great stuff. But here's a lesson for all the young kids out there if you do make the all-star game and it's your one appearance. The lesson is this, David Olson. Don't swing at the first pitch, especially when there's two outs. Because <laughs> Lahare and the guy you could tell had his material was ready to give out the feel good story, and boom, ground ball to the pitcher. Guy throws to first base. That's the end of the inning. National League leading eight nothing. We'll be back after a station message, and that was the end of the Brian Lahare. The national audience on radio never, never got to hear the Brian Lahare story. So Brian, if you're out there, I apologize. I would have loved to hear the rest of what this guy had to say. Don't. Swing at the first pitch. Let him give you a little bit of love. All right. We'll take a quick break. We are not taking a quick break. <laughs> Two guys in a mic, talkzone.com. Phone lines are open. If you want to check in at 888-463-6748. Again, 888 The phone number. By the way, I read, um, I don't know how many players are in the All-Star game. What are they, 25 per team? 21 players. So almost half the rosters, and baseball is called the America, America's game. 21 players, foreign born. 21 players, foreign born. So America's national pastime is truly becoming the international sport, as if we didn't know that already. Uh, six players. Six players making the All Star game who had been both in the American League and in the National League, not just been. But we're participating with a different league. In other words, they may, if they were an American leaguer, they had already played in the All-Star game as a National Leaguer. If they were a National Leaguer, they had already played in the All-Star game as an American Leaguer. Pretty cool. Adam Dunn, two White Sox, actually. Two Chicago Whites. Adam Dunn, All-Star with the Cincinnati Reds a few years ago. Jake Peavy, long-time All-Star, San Diego Padre. When I say long-time, I'm not... Looking at the stats, though, I'm going to guess Jake Peavy was right there, probably two, three years. All-star for the Padres. 
and he makes it. Jake Peavy, by the way, by the way, Peavy and Adam Dunn, the two guys I mentioned, neither of them got to play. Neither of them got to play. All right, uh, other news and notes we got in the world of sports. We are hoping to connect with pigskin boy Charlie Colbert to a quick little football update as the uh, football training camp won't be that far away. Uh, in the NBA, we're hearing all kinds of rumors and stuff, but apparently the New Jersey, or I guess they're the Brooklyn Nets now. The Brooklyn Nets are um, trying to get Dwight Howard, and I don't know. It started off with four teams. I think there's like 17 different teams now that are all trying to work out a different deal. See, but the big issue with that whole deal is very confusing. Why would you? Why would you want? Why would you want to help another team get a player like Dwight Howard? Why would you want to do that? What benefit is it to you to create yet another superstar packed team in the NBA? Well, most teams are selfish. You know, they're they're secondarily going to worry about if Brooklyn's going to win 15 more games this year. But there are more. Remember, there's like 15 teams in this thing. All they're worried about you, is, well, is think, our you team going to get better. You think if you partner up uh, Darren Williams and Dwight Howard, it's only going to be 15 games? I think it's more like 25. Well, don't forget, they just picked up Joe Johnson, too. So that'd be a well, pretty there, good Yeah, there you have it. But the bottom line is that the L.A. Clippers, if they're not directly involved with Dwight Howard, but they're going to get what they think is a significant improvement, uh, you know, they don't care if the Brooklyn Nets are going to get better. They just want to get better. But you, you look at some of these, like, you know, the four-way deals, and it's like some of these players that are being exchanged and everything like that, it's like, it's like why? You know, you're just, you're just a stepping stone, and you're really not getting much. Mm-hmm. That's why I don't, I don't think this is going to happen. Yeah, the Orlando Magic, uh, reading between the lines, you don't even have to be that good at reading. They seem to uh, be very interested in uh, getting rid of Dwight Howard, and I don't think Dwight would mind too much. Yeah. No, he would not. So we'll see how that baby goes. But there's a bunch of teams involved in that. Uh, and also, Omer Ashik, uh, the rumors, the rumor, when it first happened and he signed for three years, $25 million, everybody was joking about it. You know, we like Omer, but are you kidding me? 25 for three years, Houston Rockets, what's wrong with you? Blah, 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 blah. The rumor is Bulls are going to pay. Bulls are going to pay up and keep Omer Ashik. Ashik, God bless you, for $25 million. All right, we have our special guest on the line, David. Indeed we do. Thank goodness. Thank you to Jimmy Valvano, by the way, for carrying me through the first 26 minutes of that show for that motivation. All right, uh, we break from the All-Star Game Talk, NBA Talk real quick. Don't forget, coming up in a little bit, Tour de France. We are the only radio show here on the Internet or on radio that gives you stage-to-stage coverage of the Tour de France. Yesterday, by the way, an off day, a day of rest. For the Tour de France. Moment of silence for the day of rest. Thank you very much. They're back at it right now. But uh, we mentioned in the beginning of the show we're going to do a little football hit today. Because here we are in the great abyss of summer. But uh, as we dig our way out and the end of July starts to come into the horizon, we all know that means football training camps will be starting. I woke up in the middle of the night last night, David Olson, about 2.30 in the morning. I'm singing the Michigan fight song. All of a sudden, hail to the victor's valiant, which I did in my early days while I was still awake. I don't want to get into the whole personal thing, but uh, <laughs> but uh, getting psyched for college football. I'm not sure I'm into the pro football yet. I'm definitely getting ready for college football, but I, I said I got to start getting psyched for pro football too. Who better? Who better to get the juices flowing? Then our NFL and our football expert, we love him, we know him as Pigskin Boy. He joins us on lines right now. Pigskin, how are you? 
I feel like an honored special guest, Coach. You are always an honored special guest. Have you ever woken up in the middle of the night singing a college fight song? Oh, yeah. Rocky Top. <laughs> every, every other night. Oh, Rocky, Tennessee? Yeah, that's ah, my theme. I forgot about that. Sometimes, sometimes I'll have Phil Fulmer over for a barbecue, and we just go right into it. I woke up one time, uh, middle of the night, looked over at my wife. I wasn't singing the song, but I looked at her, and at about 2.30 in the morning, she looked just a little bit at that moment like a Philip Fulmer, which, believe me, was not particularly comforting. No, I wouldn't think so. <laughs> I... Oh, goodness. Pigskin, uh, you got a little football itch yet, or do we got a, is the scratch not happened yet? Oh, no, 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 no. I talked to you a couple of weeks ago, and I was already in the full mode. You know, Coach, I do have a place of honor in uh, Bourbon A. I don't know if you're aware of that. There's a special place of honor. Now, it's behind a jack-in-the-box. However, I do have a place of honor. A place of honor? Yes. Uh, I'm, I'm given a certain, you know, insight and uh, seat arrangement and in Bourbon A. It is near the jack-in-the-box. I'll give you that. But um, I do have a special chance to see uh, uh, one of the 58 different free agents that are trying out this year. Wow. Which one yeah. of the which one of the 58 uh, did you run into? Well, first of all, we've got to eliminate. They have four number 99s, so we have to kind of kind of call the herd from there. Which uh, which 99? So, in other words, all the rookies, a lot of the rookies get similar numbers. Yes, they do. Interesting. And that's not necessarily a good thing. Wow. Because last time I heard, I think you can only have one number in the NFL. I could be wrong. Especially if they're giving out number 99. That's the number of uh, radio talk show host and ex-NFL Hall of Famer, uh, Dr. Dan Hampton. Yes, it is. Interesting. Yes, it is. Interesting. Uh, you know, this, this promises to be one of the better divisions in the NFL. It's not the big two, little two, big, big, big one, little three. I think it's the big three, little one. Mm-hmm. If you're following me, when you say uh, this, you're talking about the NFL Central Division, the NFC Central Division. Uh, I think or is it the North? Wait a minute, is it the North Division or Central? Well, it's the North. It's the North, actually. Yeah, that's right. It's the North NFC North Division. Yep. You know, we went kind of geographical. Big three, little one. I'm going to take a wild guess here as I start to get my football mind moving a little bit. Any football fans you want to ask, Pigskin Boy or? Any questions or make your own comments, feel free to do so. Talk at a little football brief moment in time here in the middle of July, 888-463-6748. The phone number, Pigskin, I'm going to guess the Minnesota Vikings are your one man out. Uh, they're the one man out. In spite of the big horn, they are, uh, they're behind the times, and uh, um, it doesn't help that they have an unproven two-year quarterback, but uh, Purple Jesus uh, apparently landed... <laughs> in the uh, uh, purple who's cow, as we used to say. Who is the, Patty. Who's the starting quarterback now for your Minnesota Vikings? It would be ex-Florida State Seminole star Christian Ponder. Wow. Who, who actually yep. did play last year. Yes, he did. Got a lot of reps. Was very good. Mm-hmm. Yes, he would be your starting quarterback for your Minnesota Vikings. Mm-hmm. Not bad. He's got a chance to be... He can make things happen a little bit. I think there was, a, you know, I don't, I don't know how high the ceiling is, but a little bit of potential there. Yeah, and the fact that he played, you know, reps 
are important in the NFL, and he took um, almost every snap once the Vikings realized their season wasn't going anywhere. Uh, they they decided to play their rookies, which is the smart thing to do. Um, you know, you're not going anywhere. You might as well have them give some reps, take some take some hits. And they did lose Adrian Peterson for the last couple of weeks with a really serious knee injury. And uh, besides his recent incarceration, uh, they're not real sure about that knee injury. Do they still have Chris Carter and Randy Moss as their whiteouts? Uh, they do. They do. <laughs> uh, they have, yes, a Chris Carter, a Randy Moss, a Randall Cunningham waiting in the wings. Wow. How about Bill, uh, Bill Brown going to start at fullback? Yes, Chuck Foreman is the two-back, Bill Brown being the three-back. <laughs> oh, one of the great crew cuts, by the way, in all the sport, fullback Bill Brown. Yes, and apparently on a free agent 10-day contract, Fran Tarkington back in the <laughs> The original scrambler. He was a oh, scrambler yeah. before scrambling was even – I think he might have – maybe I'm going too far, uh, Charlie, but did Fran Tarkenton kind of like help announcers invent the term scrambling? I think so. You know, I go back a ways, of course, not nearly as far as you. Take it um, easy. Um, but I, he was the first and I think the best at, at the scramble position. You know, mm-hmm. guys ran out of the pocket, but they just ran out of the pocket because they didn't have a pocket. Yep. Tarkington actually was, I think, the first one to intentionally scramble around and make plays. He was a Hall of Fame quarterback, one of the first great quarterbacks I remember, maybe because, you know, I saw him live quite a bit, the Bears play him twice a year. But, I mean, he didn't just scramble to get away. He confused people. Nobody had seen this. Mm-hmm. You know, they were used to guys running out of the pocket, throwing it out of bounds, diving for cover, and he was actually a much better player when he was out of the pocket. And uh, predecessor to that, nobody had really been, been like that. I think even the term scrambling, probably to our younger listeners right now, it's, it's that's not even a term used much in the current football vernacular. They talk about mobile quarterbacks, athletic quarterbacks, uh, sprint outs, and uh, playmaker. Yeah, but scrambling that we're showing our age right there just to using that term, pigskin. Oh, definitely, definitely. The only other guy, the guy that really that really probably. The guy that really reinfined it was later on was uh, Steve Young. Yep. Steve Young was a scrambling quarterback who actually out of the pocket was just was just deadly. I mean, you didn't want him getting out of the pocket. Favre was was similar. Favre and Steve Young were. I, I can remember watching both of them live down down in my great seats at Soldier Field um, when Steve Young was throwing to Terrell Owens and. Um, uh, you know, Jerry Rice, and I can remember going, boy, you better hope Steve Young doesn't get out of the pocket and roll left mm-hmm. because he's really dangerous and he's really hard to catch. All right, so you, uh, so we got the Vikings as the team on the outside looking in. We're talking the NFC North division here. Uh, training camps are going to be opening when, Pigskin? A couple of weeks? 19th. Okay. And it's it's a little different now because it used to be the teams were off for so long, but you know there's so many OTAs now that it's not like this will be the first time the team is gathering and you know three months kind of a special. I mean they've really had little OTAs and training cramps along the way, right? 
Yes, they've had three of them. One of them went under the radar. was actually about a week and a half, two weeks ago. They also have special ones for the skill position players and the quarterback only. Mm-hmm. Um, those aren't covered a lot, obviously. Uh, they're a quick one or two two day things, and um, so unlike the past, you're right. They they you know this isn't the first time they've seen each other in you know since the last game of the regular yeah. season. Yeah, they've it's... seen each other quite a bit. Well, not not everybody has seen each other. Matt Forte hasn't seen anybody, and <laughs> Drew Brees hasn't seen anybody, and yeah. um, Jones Drew hasn't. But anyway, yeah, it's not the same. It's 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 a twelve month job now. Mm-hmm. You know, real quick. You remember growing up, John Dave? I don't know if you remember this. How guys used to talk about their summer jobs. In the off season, they had to quit oh, yeah. their summer jobs at the hardware store to go to training camp mm-hmm. to get into shape. They actually went to training camp to get into shape. You know, you better walk in on day one and be ready to be in the best shape yeah. you've ever been, or you'll be playing in, uh, for the Edmonton Eskimos. Yeah, well, the contracts were not that high, so the players had to make money. I always liked the defensive linemen. Uh, and I think George Howis used to set this up, the guys who worked at the meatpacking warehouses during the summer. Correct. I always thought those guys came out, you know, like Doug Atkins. You know, he's well, some, slapping well, around pork all summer. huh? Well, subsequently the Packers came from the yeah, there you go. The meat in Green Bay, Wisconsin, That's which it. was the big thing. And a lot of the ex, not ex, but, you know, Packers would get mm-hmm. summer jobs up yep, there. Yep, forgot about that. The name, the very name of the uh, institution itself. You're exactly right, but... Uh, that was the case many, many years ago, but you're right. now. Nowadays, the players, you got to keep yourself in shape. Occasionally, you'll hear about guys coming to camp out of shape, and they typically will get some abuse from their fans. They'll get some abuse from their owner, too, because sometimes they get fined. Yeah, they don't. Yeah, they, they can, you can get fined. What you have to do is um, each and every day of training camp, every single player on the roster has to get weighed in, and they have a target weight, whether you be a – quarterback, halfback, lineman, linebacker, and they have target weights for you. Now, obviously, a guy like Briggs and Urlacher, it's not it's not as big a deal. It's not as reinforced. But if you're an old defensive lineman who tends to have a little bit too much time at the, uh, at the <laughs> mashed potato bar, they'll have assigned weights for you, and then you'll be given X amount of days to get to that weight, and if you don't, then the money, the fines start kicking in. So you'll be weighed at a target weight. You know, they they give you a chance during the summer to lose it. But once you get this target weight and you don't make it, then you start getting fined. Because what it shows it is, is is this is a business. This isn't college. (laughs) You know, we we, we can't, you know, lock your dorm room. We'll take money out of your pocket. Yeah, well, and and the players all, now with the money they've got, almost all of them have their own personal trainers their own guys they work out with, maybe even like two or three. They might have like their, their fitness guy. And then they also have, you know, somebody working with them on, on skills. I mean, I, I work over a day uh, occasionally over at a basketball center in the north suburbs of Chicago. And you see some of the NBA players occasionally working out there with their personal coach. Not strength training, but working on different drills and stuff. So these guys, it's so specified now pigskin and part of it is because they got so much money and when they have tons of money other people are going to want to kind of latch onto them and the whole athletic training 
and skills and fitness, you know, that that's become a whole profession unto itself. Most of these players have that, and that's why they come in such good shape. Yeah, they do, and it's specialized, and they realize that you've got to be, I mean, competition is, you know, especially if you've been in the league for a few years, you've got free agents, undrafted agents, uh, draft picks coming in ready to take your job. You know, competition is huge. Mm-hmm. And if you're not ready to go, the guy you're competing with is, you, you're going to have a huge disadvantage. And I'm really thinking more about, you know, the larger guys, you know, who constantly have to keep their weight, you know, constantly have to have somebody on them, have to, you know, almost have personal chefs so they're eating correctly, especially in the... Oh, that's right. I forgot the, about the personal chef, too. Yeah, well, yeah, you got to have a yeah, personal right. chef. So you got your fitness guy, you got your cooking guy, you got your skills sharpener guy, if you want to call it. They got all kinds of guys. Well, this began with one of the original uh, uh, stars of the league, Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's where it started, huh? Yeah. yeah. So they uh, they will be on the nineteenth. They'll spend a couple weeks in uh, uh, Bourbon A. We uh, you got to tell me when I can say Bourbon A. Um, and then they'll move up to uh, Palace Hall in Lake Forest, uh, their normal home practice ground. And nothing nothing more a, exciting than to look forward to than exhibit NFL exhibition football. Oh boy, that's Woo! not good. Wow. No, it's not good. And I'm, you know, going back years, Coach, we've talked for many, many, many years. And, of course, I'm not a fan of it at all. I understand it. But I, I would, I think and what you're going to really see is if you use any of your skill position impact players in an exhibition game, you should be fired. I would not play any of them. And most teams don't. I mean, you will not see top-flight halfbacks put on pads. Mm-hmm. Some of them won't even play. So you're going to put them in the opening game, and keep in mind there's not 162 games. Now, there's only 16. So the opening game is somewhat, I mean, it's not all important, but somewhat critical. You're going to put them in the opening game, Coach uh, Charlie Colbert, without having had any scrimmage work at all against opposing teams? No, you can scrimmage to your own self against opposing eh, teams. Not the same. Uh, it depends. Not if you're Chris Johnson... Matt Forte, Brian Urlacher, Lance Briggs, no. Mm-hmm. They don't need it. I would di- I, I'm going to disagree with that a little bit. I, I think you got to play some. You're obviously careful with them. Most teams, what is it, the, the third game or the, the last game, or is it the second to last where they don't play hardly at all the starters? Well, actually, the third game is probably the one to watch if you're going to watch anyone because the last game tends to be – the last chance to look at your to, yep. to fill out your roster, yep. and you want those guys to have actual game experience, and you certainly don't want an injury a week before the season. It's been my experience the third game. Now some teams will play, I think, five games if you're in the Hall of Fame game. Oh, um, five exhibition games. Yeah, if wow. you're in the Hall of Fame that's, game, you've got five, and they still play that game every year. That's three too many. Three yeah, too many. Yes, Two exhibition games would be good. By the way, that fourth game you're talking about, and again, we're talking a little uh, football here. The two guys at a Mike show in the middle of July. We uh, take a sneak peek ahead. Training cramps only a couple of weeks away. Pigskin Boy, our NFL football expert, on the show with us. 
Phone lines are open if you want to check in. We'd love to hear from you. 888-463-6748. No, we got a lot of Chicago Bear fans listening to the show. You want to talk to them. Bear football, more than willing to do that. 888-463-6748. Pigskin, I love that. Well, I don't love, but, but there is some curiosity to the final exhibition game. The same curiosity you might you know, be slowing down to look at a crash on the side of the highway. But when you got these young players all trying to make the team, you know, maybe there's three or four spots open, 11 or 12 guys battling for it, and every missed tackle, every missed assignment, every, you know, run that you break through, every good catch that you make, everyone can literally be the difference for these young players for achieving their dream and getting crushed. In some sense, that final game is kind of cool to watch. Yeah, it is, um, and I'm a big fan of the uh, Hard Knock series with, with HBO, and they've been doing. Uh, remember last time I told you I could tell you the Dallas Cowboys. Now, now I could give you insight to not only the Kansas City Chiefs but your Cincinnati Bengals. And one of the things that they point out is, like for a punt returner or a special teams, yep. which is often where the last uh, players are really trying out for a missed tackle, a, a fumbled punt. You know, the, a third-string halfback fumbles can cost you a position on the team, and they know it. They, you, you don't have a lot of chances. There's not a lot of roster spots. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you can't hold on to the ball or handle a punt or make a make a great play on a special teams, you know that can lose you a spot. That's pressure. I mean, that, that arguably is more pressure than competing in an actual NFL game. If you've been working all your life for that opportunity, you're a fringe player. By the way, when I say fringe player, we all put it in perspective because these guys, you know, they're not fringe players. If you have a chance of making the NFL, you're the best of the best of the best, right? You're, you're high school football. You're only your best, best high school football players. Move on to college, and of that elite group, only the best of the best there move to the NFL. So these guys are all phenomenal, but within that – perspective here's a guy on the fringe of having his dream crushed or if he makes a play maybe making it i think that there could be more pressure in that punt return in that open field tackle pigskin than there is in a regular nfl game yeah because of the regular nfl game you know you have only sort certain moves you can move with a practice squad it doesn't mean you can't be cut instantly but it's much more difficult once you set your your roster in in cement and you've got your practice squad which has been expanded by the way this year Woo-hoo! Uh, wow yeah practice squad has been uh, expanded very exciting and they've also <laughs> made it easier to recall and you know i think it used to be that you if you were hurt you had two weeks you couldn't do anything for two weeks i think that's now oh, seven to ten days they made it easier to replace injured players and they've done it slowly over the last few years by expanding the practice squad and and, and uh, shortening the amount of time that you had to wait, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, David, how do we so miss that story? Years. I mean, you can be cut and never seen again with a, a, a muff punt. So it is more pressure in the yep. preseason. Yep. All right. Uh, before we let you go, Pixie, we appreciate, uh, you know, you're talking all-star baseball, all these other things. Good to talk a little football. Good to talk oh, a little football. Get the, you know, we can't jump into it all at once. But it does get the tingles going a little bit, gets the excitement level. We we gotta, you know, I, I just especially my older age, I can't jump into these things headstrong. I need a little bit of loving. I need a little uh, build up, shall we say? 
Well, here's a little more build-up there, John. The Bears are going to be good. Woo! The Bears are going to be good. Wow. Yeah, they're good. They're not, they're not okay, we'll see what happens. They're good. They're in a division with two excellent teams. I think the Lions are really good. The Packers, of course, were only lost one game until the playoffs. But the Bears are very good. And I think their coaching staff moves have made them better. So that's even more tingly. Well, we will see. In, in theory, you are correct. In theory. And Monday by 4 o'clock, they have to make a decision. I believe it's Monday at 4 on um, unrestricted free agents, which for the Bears would be Matt Forte. Uh, that will be a fish or cut bait hour. They, he will have to make a decision. They will have to make a decision. What's more exciting to you, the Bulls' decision on Omer Sheik or the Bears' decision on one Matthew Forte? I would say the Bears' decision Deal. on that. Omar is uh, Omar, well, you know, Omar could play a could play a nickelback, but um, <laughs> I wouldn't worry about Forte. Yeah. I've said for you for all along, don't worry about him. Don't worry about the supposed striking officials. Yeah. Um, it'll all work itself out. He may not be happy with what he got. But uh, he um, will be a bear. He has no choice. He's not. He, he's, he he cannot sit. Well, he can't sit out. But you're going to miss a year out of your life and get fined and not get paid. And I don't think that's an option. Latrell really Sprewell. Latrell Sprewell just emailed in or texted in and said, "How will uh, how will he support his family with that seven million dollar contract?" Well, I know, but you know, he was always known in big games for choking. I don't know. Man. Talking Latrell Sprewell, not Matt Forte. Yes, he was known for choking, uh, literally. Pigskin, awesome, great to talk to you about three weeks ago before I let you go finally here, three weeks ago, maybe a month ago. When the schedules came out, I analyzed the entire Chicago Bears schedule, went down game by game. I had them going 15-1. and I've tempered a little bit at that point, but how overexcited did I get with the 15-1 and prediction? Uh, I think you're right on. They might lose to Green Bay in Green Bay, yeah. maybe. Must be. That would be about it. David, it might be the uh, the ham that they're serving at the same subway that both me and Charlie go to. All right. So right now we got them fifteen and one. Yeah, got them fifteen and one. Beautiful. Thank you for that objective opinion, Pigskin Boy. Outstanding, and uh, hopefully we'll see you at the fried dough section of the Taste of Chicago later today. Oh, yeah, I'll definitely be there. I'll be the guy in the Buster Crab T-shirt. I'm heading down to Taste of Chicago. Don't kid yourself. I'll look for you. Um, Bust My Crabs T-shirt? Buster, remember the Buster Crab T-shirt? No. The, sleeve, the sleeveless white T-shirt that everybody wears at Taste. Oh, okay. With the mustard, <laughs> with the mustard, with the mustard, roast beef. <laughs> That'll be you, huh? That'll be me. All right. Thank you, Pigskin. Coach, had a great time. Thanks a lot. Uh, pigskin checking in, talk a little football. We mucho, mucho appreciate it. Always good to get the, the pigskin juices going a little bit. Uh, and he seems to be very uh, optimistic, very optimistic on our very own Chicago Bulls team, uh, Chicago Bears team. Yeah, heading down to Taste of Chicago today. By the way, um, I don't know how we missed the expanded practice squad story, Dave. Yep. One of the more exciting yep. things. That's almost as exciting. I'm still trying to figure out Mark Carmen. Trying to make, like, the fact that the Kansas City fans were booing Robinson Cano in the home run derby 
you know, like uh, almost, you know, like the, the story everybody's talking about, not the economy, not jobs, not politics 2012. It's the Kansas City fan booing Robinson Cano. It was a story. I just thought Mark got a little he lost perspective. I got a little bit care. I mean, I listened to other sports talk radio during the day, and it was a, a let's just say it was a supporting actor. It wasn't a primary actor, but that's just me. Maybe we should have talked about expanding practice squads in the in the uh, NFL. <coughs> Excuse me. 888-463-6748 if you want to check in. A couple of minutes left on the show. Again, the big dog, if you're just joining us, not able to come on today. The text message said no voice, no vocal cords. A weak excuse for not coming on the radio, but I guess it is a little bit tough to do if you got no voice. Hopefully the dog will be back tomorrow. Um, and we'll talk some uh, baseball second half of the season. I think game. I know there's no games today, but I'm pretty sure most of the teams back in action on Thursday. Everybody else by Friday. Don't forget our very own Chicago Cubs uh, finished off first half of the season with a win a nine out of their last 13. Got the whole Anthony Rizzo experiment, so a little bit of excitement going on there. I will be uh, heading out after this game, uh, after the show. David Olson, watch a little WNBA action, a matinee game. At the All-State Arena, Chicago Sky taking on, I think it's the San Antonio, I forgot their nickname, but they're good. They're like 11-5. and five. WNBA, check of that later in the day, heading on to Taste of Chicago. Opening day for Taste of Chicago, I will be down there. So if uh, anybody else is down there, um, I'll be wearing the light blue Iceland Work Cool t-shirt with the Chicago Sky cap. But uh, Taste of Chicago starts today. Downplayed this year. Downplay went from uh, 10 days down to 5 days. Little cutbacks courtesy of Rom Emanuel and the city of Chicago budget problems. And aren't they charging for a portion of it, like the music? For the music and the Petrillo band show, you can still go lawn, sort of like Ravinia. But if you want a seat in the band show, 25 maybe $30. And I was talking to someone yesterday from what I've heard. Sales not going real well. Plenty of good seats available. They'll probably sell most of them on the spot, though. Yeah, but that's an ugly. Uh, it used to be free. What do they got? Like three thousand seats, I think. It was something like that. Yeah, yeah it was free for years. Yep. And... Yep. I think they got um, Jennifer Hudson. Thank you. She's appearing tonight. And they got some pretty good group, but I, I prefer. See, I'm. I'm not a big Petrillo band stage guy unless there's someone I really I go to the Budweiser, uh, the Bud Light stage, where you got some up and coming groups, a very good group. That's where I like hanging around. Good people watching there too. Good people watching. Beautiful day, a little cold beer, get some refreshments out there, get a little walking in. Might take a little walk around the lake. Uh, it's a beautiful day down at Taste of Chicago. All right, uh, we'll be back tomorrow at 10 o'clock uh, and again. All-Star game is over. The National League wins that sucker. So when the Chicago Cubs make the World Series this year, if they do, they'll be hosting. And for the Chicago White Sox, who, um, hey, good first half of the season. Who knows? Everything falls into place, uh, you know, on the other side of it, sadly. I had mentioned that to be perfectly objective, even though here in Chicago, most of us anyways, root for uh, the Chicago White Sox to be perfectly objective. If you would put leading candidates for a team that had a good first half to head downward second half of the season, I'm not saying it's going to happen. Because you could say this about every team that, that's played well the first half. 
Well, no, it's not going to be us because this guy's doing good, that guy's doing good. Well, some, someone is. Be it the Pittsburgh Pirates, be it the Cleveland Indians, be it the Tampa Bay Devil Ray, the Anaheim Angel, the Texas Ranger, the L.A. Dodgers, the San Francisco Giants who serves of, of some of those teams, or Washington Nationals, that are doing really well right now and can't fathom the thought that they're not going to do good. A couple of those teams are going to drop. Sorry. Happens every year. So, and again, being perfectly objective, the White Sox would be a leading candidate for that. I'm, I'm hoping that's not going to happen. I don't even think it is. But again, if you had to be perfectly objective, the uh, Chicago White Sox probably a candidate for that. I hope it doesn't happen to the Pittsburgh Pirates. They're what, 20-some-odd years? Not not 20 years since a pennant. Not 20 years since they've been in contention. 20 years since they finished over 500. Wow, that's not good. All right, we'll get back to the baseball talk tomorrow. Hopefully the Big Dog's voice will be back in action. David Olson, thank you so much for helping me out today. Pigskin boy Charlie Colbert for uh, calling in. We appreciate everybody out there for listening. We'll do it again tomorrow at 10 o'clock. Don't be late and please have a great day. Remember what Jimmy Valvano said? Live each day and live it by laughing, by crying, and by thinking. Don't count the days, ladies and gentlemen. Make the days count.